What's up, you beauties? Welcome to High and Wide Radio, episode 38 of season 5. Uh, I'm your host, Jim Icavone, joined as always by the one and only Jack Smith and boy wonder Travis Ballenhoff. Uh, if you're watching live on YouTube, subscribe and set alerts for future shows. Uh, if you're in, oh, that's for the Twitter space read, not going to read that. Uh, if you're listening as a podcast, make sure to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to future shows as they become available to you the second we upload them. You can find all of our social media links in one place, hoo.be forward slash hwhockey, or just head over to hwhockey.net. You may have heard, unless you skip through it, the old, uh, uh, what the hell is it called? Spotify for podcasters commercial. If you guys want to subscribe and not listen to ads anymore, you can do so for just 99 cents a month. Uh, head over to uh, Spotify for podcasters, search our uh, HW radio and give a subscribe. 99 yeah. cents a month. I know you guys can afford that. It's nothing. Um, that's if you don't want to listen to the ads. If you don't mind the ads, go for it. Personally, I hate ads, so I would encourage you to spend 99 cents a month. Me too. If you do so, thank you. Give us a shout out. We'll send you a t-shirt or something. Uh, money well spent for you. All right, boys. Um, it's, it's kind of the dog days of the summer. You know, the draft is done. Free agency is done. Uh, we talked about who the Flyers signed a little bit last week, Poling, Stahl, and Garnet Hathaway, who had his press conference today. If you didn't know, I'm sure you know by now. It was a, quite an eventful. Actually, it was uneventful. turned out to be eventful. The only thing is nobody knew what the hell happened. Uh, we're not going to talk about that so much on the show. If you're interested in that, go search Twitter. It's probably popping up now. Um, Flyers were a little busy in terms of you know, getting their own ducks in a row. Uh, Tony D'Angelo is still a flyer, but they're they're taking care of some of their RFAs and players like Cam York. Cam York, sorry, Travis, I don't want to bother you with that one. Cam York, and uh, come on, who's the other guy here? Oh, Noah Kate. How did I forget? A uh, couple bridge deals, as you could tell. The name of the episode is after these two guys. The bridge deals for the Flyers. I want to know from you guys. You know, is it too early? <laughs> is it too early in a rebuild for bridging these kind of guys? I mean, we kind of have an idea why, and I want to talk about that. But bridge deals, Jack. Your thoughts on the on the Noah Cates and the Cam York bridge deals? I think they got exactly what I expected. Maybe the money was a little off, but. I have not seen enough from, I mean, maybe Kate's, maybe Kate's, you could maybe take that leap of faith, but at their age, why would they want to sign a lot, like a real long, how much money are you going to give them? Uh, For me, they're too young, especially guys like York and probably eventually Frost. Um, You don't know what you really have yet Um, to, for the player. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Because these guys usually end up getting screwed if they're worth anything. You think back to Coots's first contract, how that he was severely underpaid. Uh, Roman Yossi in Nashville, so I, I remember loving that deal for them. Like I understand the team wants to get under that, but if you're the player and you've seen that happen, are you? It's better to give yourself more time of development before you try to cash in long term. These guys are going to be how old when these contracts are older? They got plenty of time to sign more contracts. No need to go. I mean, yeah, I would love the team to do it. Guy like. Uh, Frost or or York, I might be a little. I need. I definitely would like to see more. Uh, but in Kate's situation, if I'm Kate's, do I really want to sign long term for a little bit more money, or do I want to go two years, get more uh, more ammo for my agent to use when it comes time to really lock me up? 
Yeah, I kind of felt the same way. It was it was interesting. Um, I was hoping for a little more, maybe for both. Trev, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I kind of agree with you both. Um, as a fan, I was hoping for longer term deals for both of them, just because, like, you look, you know, they're two year deals. The cap hits low. Well, we're not really a cap strapped team, so it doesn't really matter if the cap hits low or high for the next two years. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I would have liked, you know, maybe four or five years. And then, you know, you're not giving them huge cap hits because they haven't, they're not established superstars yet. Maybe they do in the future. That's why they signed bridge deals because they're betting on themselves. Um, I think we're going to start seeing that league wide waiting for the cap to go up. Um, But you know what? These are two guys who wanted to bet on themselves. And I think that's smart in their case. For the Flyers, well, it takes two to tango. So if they didn't want longer deals and they only wanted bridge deals, <laughs> you pretty much have to go that route. Um, so, yeah, personally, I would have liked a little bit longer term, but not much you can do about it. Yeah, and so this well, this might tie into another topic we're going to talk about later in the show, and it has to do with Danny Briere, and is it too early to kind of you know, give him shit for being two months into his first off season um, and whatnot. So let's talk these contracts here. I, I think the first one was Noah Cates. Or was it Cam York signed the first one or was it, was it Noah Cates? Cates, Cates was Cates. first. Cates was first. So this is the one. Honestly, I wouldn't have minded giving him a few extra bucks if it meant locking him in for four years mm-hmm. because I trust that what we saw last year is what we're going to see now and in the future. Even if the offense doesn't come, the way he played defensively, I think he's a player that you can rely on. And when I say rely on, I mean you know what you're going to get, right? Because an inconsistent player is not a player that you can really rely on, you know? So I think Kate has at least shown that his floor is something the Flyers can depend on. It's going to help the Flyers win games. If the offense comes outstanding, I would have, and you guys tell me if you disagree, I would have been comfortable, even if they went to $4 million by four years for Noah Cates, if it meant locking him in for four years. And even if, you're talking your potentially third line center making $4 million bucks. Come on. And if he happens to slide into the second line, if let's say the offense somehow develops and he's a, I don't know, 50 point guy. That's a steal all of a sudden, four over four. And who knows, maybe that was offered. But what he signed for, uh, sorry, one of you guys had the number. What was the number again? Was that 2.9? I believe Cates like was 2.6. 2.6. Okay, yeah. So per? 2.6 per. Um, I would have went the extra 1.35 per year if it meant getting him for two more years because he's 24. You know, on the other side, on the flip side, you know, where does Cates see himself? And you have to factor in the agent as well. The agent wants to make a couple bucks. He's not exactly a young kid, Noah Cates. You know, I, this is just my opinion. Once you pass 23, not really a kid anymore, right? So can't say he's one of the young guys. Can't say he's one of the kids. He's he's in his middle 20s, you know. I think uh, at some point during the season next year, he's going to be 25, Uh his agent knows he doesn't have that many big contracts in him. It's going to be this one and, and, and maybe 
one or two more. So he's looking at the next one as a, as a big payout for Noah Cates. Um, here's another reason why uh, I'm okay with the bridge is that if he does outplay what the Flyers want to pay him, you could always move him. You're not stuck with him. You know, or in two years, if he doesn't pan out, you can figure something else out. I'm a big fan of bridge deals. As long as when that next contract comes, you need to be able to negotiate a little bit. You can't just, oh, yeah, you had a great year. Chuck Fletcher over here throwing out, you know, millions of dollars or like, like they're nothing. Um, so I am, a, we'll see. We'll see. Because the Flyers haven't had to negotiate, or I'm sorry, Danny Briere hasn't had to negotiate a contract like that yet. Um, and the York deal, it's fine. I think I'm in the minority where I don't necessarily trust York to put him on the top pair. Uh, I think ceiling for me is probably three, your, your third best defenseman, second line guy, which is great. Outstanding. Not a guy that I wanted to lock up in terms of years, even if it was for a low amount of money, just, I, I got to see more. I got to see that he that he you know wants to be here and that he can do what he can do consistently. I think he, for me, and you guys could tell me because there were some people that disagreed. Um, he started out strong once he came up to the Flyers. Like, don't forget, he started the year in Lehigh Valley, so there was an issue. And he started out strong with the Flyers, and in my opinion, as the season went on, sort of flamed out towards the end. Now the analytic numbers are there to say, hey, you're wrong. He played well throughout the season. Um, but I want to see a full 82. And a, a two-year bridge deal, you're going to get two chances. This year should be, you know, okay, what, what can Cam York be? And then year two should be the follow-up. All right, you want to get paid? Do it again. So I'm, I'm okay with it. I, I would have liked a little bit more term with Katesy, though. Yeah. I, go ahead, go ahead I, I, I see where you're coming from. I would have rathered four or five-year deals just because I, I do think very highly of the players. But kind of like I said, I <laughs> they're betting on themselves, and I think that's the way to go. Two years, the cap should go up exponentially. Their deals will be up. Um, I think York has top pair potential. I truly do. Now, whether that's a one or a two, I'm not sure. I'm not – I don't know that yet. Um, but I'm, I'm very high on the two of them, and – I would have liked four or five years just because the, the cap hit just, it doesn't really matter at this point. It's true. Jack, do you have something to follow up with? No, it's just two good points. Travis made It's the one, the cap. I know Batman's doing everything in his power to keep that cap as low as possible. Keep Arizona <laughs> in the league, yeah, but like, it's gonna, it's gonna pop eventually. So many teams are getting too many teams are getting screwed. Like Toronto is one that comes to mind. <laughs> like it's gonna go up, you know? And, um, what do we care what we pay them now, you know, just to lock them up, pay them, give them more money now. And then long-term we're getting a, a deal. They've already made a good chunk of change. Unfortunately, it just doesn't work that way. The players are definitely betting on it. I look at York and I see that like, it's such a small sample size and a rough start to the season that um, I definitely played well. Don't get me wrong, but I would want to bet on myself too, before I tried to cash in. You know, I, I definitely would. And f for certain players with the team, it's the same deal. It's like, do we really want to do this and then find ourselves a, in a bad situation and whatnot? So, you know, I, I understand it from both sides. It's pretty typical. I'm not surprised. 
Um, it would have been I'm, I those conversations. I would hope those conversations were had, uh, especially with Kate about, you know, like you alluded to, Jim, locking them up and whatnot. And at the end of the day, the Asian probably seen this a million times. I have the I keep bringing it up. I'm sorry. But the Yossi contract, he was 23 years old. They signed him to a seven year deal. That is all his 20s. Just and the most he made in any season now was 2013. But still, uh, second to last year, he made five point two five. I think the cap hit throughout was only like four something like wow. that's the dream. And I think maybe players think like Roman Yossi and Couture for that matter, were criminally underpaid for a majority of the year. And then they turn around. I mean, not so much in Yossi's case, but sign long-term, but look at Coots. And it's from the second the ink was dry, there was half of half the people out there were screaming, no, screw him, <laughs> you know, get rid of him. You know, when he just gave you all that, discount you would you would call it for years so i totally understand it from the player's perspective i think you're going to see even more and more bridge deals and it just makes sense for both sides as much as we'd like to get a nice deal play the nhl game it's i think you're going to see less and less of that wayne wayne simmons always comes to mind when we're talking about them deals too that first deal that homer gave him he was he was pretty underpaid for a long time i think they're learning they're catching on <laughs> here's a question for you guys and we'll go try first on this one what is the most amount of money you would have, you would have been comfortable giving Kate? Like, all right, let's say, let's say four. Let's say the the length of the deal is four years. Money wise, what's the most you would have been comfortable giving him? Um, you said four mil, probably. That sounds about right for a four year deal for him. Okay, is that yeah, like? Is that his cap hit? Like, because a, a lot of these, like, they structure upward. Yeah, four, but if, yeah, four if million cap. Four cap. I mean, mostly because it doesn't matter. Like, I really don't care what that. He can give eight million dollars in the first year for all I care. It just doesn't affect anything. Um, no, no, I'm talking. So, so what? What cap hit then? Would you be? Well, I'm saying with? once we start to creep towards the. We're putting it, we're really starting to put the team together. Like, you know, Meechkoff is here. I know it doesn't really work timeline wise, but let's just say it does. Um, I, I, for four years, four mil sounds pretty good. I could probably live with four or five. That does seem like you're really banking on what you saw, but that's how you try to get those steals. Um, yeah, I mean, he'd be making more than, than Lawton, right? What's Lawton get? Three million over four million uh, over four years? Yeah, five just, years. I'll check that because that's pretty wild. I know three, three I mil for five years. I didn't like that that signing, that resigning that year. That was two years ago, I think. I still I mean that's insane. I mean, so Lawton was a little older. I think he was twenty seven when he signed. He's, he's got three years left for all he's gone through. Yeah, so it's it's interesting with with Cates. He's only make, I mean he's making a, you know, it's only but you know three, about almost three three hundred seventy five k less. And Scott Lawton right now, Noah Cates. I'd say it's because of the games played, though. Does he have a Does he have a hundred games played in the league yet? Cates. Yeah. Oh, obviously, right. It's probably very close to that number. He's got ninety-eight. Right. How many? Ninety-eight games. Wow. That's why the cap hit so low. There you go. Yeah. Interesting. I, I like his thought process is probably okay. I'll, I'm an unexperienced guy, right? We talk about the age, but we talk about the games played. He's only played 98 games. He's an unexperienced guy at the NHL level. Prove it on a two-year deal. Two years, the cap's going up. We're talking $4 million now on a four-year deal. Well, that number, if he develops into what he thinks, 
What's that? Getting over, over five for sure. Yeah, is it six? Like, and a lot of his I game wait. isn't luck based. Like a lot of times, goal scores. Like sometimes, some nights you just don't get the bounces. But with like a guy like Cates, like he know it's his defensive play. You can't take that out of the game. Like injuries is, is really his biggest concern because he's gonna play his game. And I don't see much of that changing. Yeah, if the offense comes, then yeah, you're talking about cashing in for more. But he knows what his floor is. And I think he's comfortable knowing that they look for that in this league. And his next contract, when he has more experience and has done it for more games and maybe can add some offense, he's going to get some money. Like we we see a lot of Noah Cates comparisons, right? And a lot of people try comparing him to Mike Richards, and I don't see that at all. Some people try comparing him to Sean Couturier, and I do see some young coots in him. Maybe he does develop into a, you know, a first line center. I don't, I, I personally don't see it, but maybe he does, right? And if that's the case, after this two year deal, what's he going to get? Eight, eight mil, mm. or is he like a, a Philip Deneau kind of guy where he's like a, a second or third line pure shutdown forward? Philip Deneau in his. I believe yeah, he was. I believe he was twenty eight when he signed. Got five and a half mil. So I mean, sign your two year deal. Continue to be this absolute beast of a shutdown center, and he's looking at five or six mil, maybe more, in two years. And, it, and that, that's why nice, I think they signed the bridge deals. And it's still a nice pay upgrade for them. You mm-hmm. know what I, mean? I mean, it's not like they're getting nothing. It makes I mean, perfect sense for both of them guys to sign bridge deals. Exactly. I, I hope Danny tried to give him a little bit more years, but it takes two to tango. And if the guys are just saying no, okay, we'll give you bridge deals and we'll renegotiate at a later date. I would love if Noah Cates turned out to be a Dano. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that was a good name. That was a good name pull there. We're so used to hearing like Coots, one aspect of Coots' game, but a player like that did wonders. I think that that could be pretty bang on, especially in terms of production. Um, but we'll, you know, we'll see if, if Kate's can do it, uh, consistently, I guess. I think we're all in agreement that we think he can, mm-hmm. and we expect to see more of the same, uh, next year. Uh, so it'll be interesting. I'm sure we'll, you know, we'll make sure to check back up on this show in two years when it's time for the raise. <laughs> if he's getting 5.56 million, that means things went well. And yes. it's, it, that's not an unbearable number. I think to have, you know, ho- I'm hoping as a third line guy, because, as my first first or second line centers, I'd like to see a little bit more offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe he develops it. I don't know. But um, that, That's what I want to ask. What do you guys think his ceiling is? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Jack, you, you have an idea? I mean, honestly, if you're talking absolute ceiling, let's get silly. It'd be Couturier. I mean, mm-hmm. the defense seems like it's already there. The career trajectory outside of being the eighth overall pick is somewhat there where he's showing where he can shine. If he can prove to have that that offense at all, let alone first line ability offense, he'd be coots. Yeah, I, that would be great. I really don't know. I mean, a, a year ago, I'm like, this guy ain't going to be on the team, you know? So now <laughs> I'm mean, like, I remember how he, long ago he was drafted and reading about him as like a dark horse prospect. It was all about right. PK and Proveroff and Sandheim, and he was just a name drafted in the fifth round. You're never going to see him. You know, and then now you're like, look what fell into your lap. So it's <laughs> right. Tough to reject. Now I'm like, I'm, I'm not, and I'm still going to be down on Noah Cates and say, no, oh, you can't be Sean Couturier. I'm going to get proven wrong again. So 
I honestly don't know. Maybe, maybe he's a 15, 20 goal guy, 35, 30 assists. Are you okay with that between 45 and 50 points a season? If he's yeah. a shutdown third line center and you have him out there in penalty kill and in tough situations, yeah. God forbid he could do what Coots did and shut down like a top player like Malkin and you know, the equivalent of now, absolutely I would be. Yeah. I, I would love that too. I mean, Chad, what are you thinking? Do you see him being better than that or, or what? I, I could see it. I, I completely agree with you guys. I, I really don't know his ceiling. That's why I asked the question. I, it's a tough one. I, I yeah. could totally see him being Philip to know, which is great. A great shutdown center. His offense, I don't know. I liked his offense more his first 20 or so games when he was playing left wing with uh, Frost and Tippett. And you know what? If Coot stays healthy, maybe he ends up back on the wing. I mean, you, you look at someone like Mark Stone, who's able to dominate both ends of the ice from a wing position. Uh, I don't know. I, I completely agree with you guys. I really don't have a, a good read on his ceiling, but I see a young Coots in him. I, I, I can see a pathway where he just dominates like a like a Philip Deneau, where maybe the offense doesn't um, continue to improve and he's just the same offensive player he was this year. So here's something funny for you guys. Yeah, I don't know. You might laugh. So I went back and, and looked at Mike Richards' first couple seasons just to see. And uh, Noah Cates' first year in the NHL, first full season, 38 points, 82 games, 13 goals. Mike Richards' first full season in the NHL, 34 points, 11 goals. Stats are similar. So I think where people get confused when they do the, these – Richards and Kate's comparisons. Yeah, the 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 st statistics are similar, and the you know will to defend, and the ten, uh, the way to defend with tenacity and whatnot is there. But the physicality and uh, yeah, the play I, style I is completely different. Yeah, I haven't seen that out of Kate's. But if you want to say the offense uh, could be there, Richards next season was fifty nine games, a terrible year for the Flyers, thirty two points in fifty nine games. And then we all know his third and fourth years, he kind of blossomed offensively, 28 goals, 30, 31 goals. I don't know if Noah Cates will ever score 30 goals, but I'll be perfectly fine if he's a consistent, you know, if, he, if he's like 20 goals every year. That'd be amazing. I'd be, I'd be happy with that. I, I think you could count on one hand how many players you can compare to Mike Richards in today's NHL. Yeah, it's true. There, there, yeah. There's not many at all. I think it's unfair to like – so when people wanted to compare Cates to Richards, I'm, you're kind of doing Cates a little bit of a disservice because you, you're not even allowed to play that way anymore, yeah. the way Richards <laughs> played. Like, seriously, you're not. Um, and I'm thinking like the David Booth hit. Like at the time, you're like, oh, my God, what a, like, what a massacre. And then looking back at it, you're like, geez, dude, did you have to hit him in the head, you know? So, uh, <laughs> like yeah, I, I think of Kachok, Matthew, not Brady, yeah. Matthew. I mean – no one else really comes to mind. Ryan Leonard? I was going to say <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little too early. All right, so we spent some time talking about Kate's. Cam York, you guys heard my thoughts a little bit there. You okay with, with two years on York? You want to see more from him? Uh, or you think maybe they should have extended him more? Do you, do you guys agree with my opinion on Cam York? Uh, so here's – I'm just going to lay it out. And the, the guy, people in the comments, if, if you want to tell me I'm wrong, yada, yada, please feel free. 
I don't have the confidence and faith that a lot of people have in Cam York, uh, mainly because he's has a tough time getting the puck to goal, right? And there's another flyer on the team that they don't put on the power play specifically, in my opinion, for that reason, and that's Travis Sanheim. So automatically you have this offensive defenseman in Cam York who, I mean, there's offense right in, right in the position name, can't get pucks to goal from the point. His shot is not a strong shot. So, okay, so how is he going to create offense, right? And the first thing I think of, and maybe it's just me, I think of Sanheim. Well, how does Sanheim create offense? You know, mainly on the rush. Doesn't do anything to, you know, overly wow you. I mean, he might have a nice play or two, but – and it might be unfair, but Cam York just hasn't done it for me yet, and maybe the last two months of just being no hockey, maybe I have a short memory. But I'm not – I think it's good that they only bridged Cam York. I didn't want to see a four- or five-year deal for York. Um, how do you guys feel about that? Jack, you, you have anything there? You feel the same? I mean – Bridge only made sense for him to me. He haven't seen enough. I'm surprised that I'm higher on him than you are. Uh, I think most people who know anything about me just assume I don't like York because of the Caulfield thing, but that's not <laughs> the case. I just I I don't care who you wait uh, team. Um, there was another player that was known for doing something and having a hard time doing it. And then he got traded to the Flyers and started doing it. And that's Owen Tippett. So I'm not hmm. closing that door yet. If York can just figure it out, um, he could really b- open something up. So, I mean, he is the perfect to, to bridge and hope that his game starts to develop. There was a lot of change at the start of this, this season as well. Um, it was a weird season for sure. Uh, they were supposed to be in transition. We kind of had to wait a couple of months for that to happen. So I think with more structure and more like it's on the young guys now, maybe he'll play his game and maybe he'll show that he's that offensive guy that we're expecting because he's definitely not a shutdown D guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it, maybe he'll show something that Travis sees where he's like, this is why I think he play on the top pair. Uh, I'm not that crazy about him yet, but don't get me wrong. I won't be mad. Um, he based on the I'm also a sample size guy. A lot of people see like 30 games of a guy and lose their mind. They're like, he's I'm sold. You know, sign mm-hmm. eight years. I am. I'm the exact opposite. I need as much time as possible. Is it, you know, I've seen us and other teams get burned too many times. So I'm willing to wait, bridge him. All you got to do bridge him, bridge him, see what you got. Uh, I did. I'm didn't expect him to get much more to be honest. This, this kind of made sense for me. Um, yeah, that's where I sit with him. He's gonna want. He probably wants to show more too. He knows first round pick, and his. his if you read his scouting report, it's he has not shown what he's capable of. I mean, I know mm. he's still young, but like he's probably knows he's got more in the tank that he's got to show. And I'm kind of excited to see it happen and see. You know, I would love it. See what happens and go from there. Trav, what do you think? The same thing? No, I. Well. I, I agree with some things Jack said. I, I disagree with you on what you see out of him. I haven't noticed like the not being able to get pucks to the net. Maybe I'm blind. I haven't noticed that. Well, um, I, I bet you will this year when they put him on the power play. Okay. I'll be looking for it now. Well, well, <laughs> looking me, for it now. I just so in our chat, Shadow 3X says 
York does nothing that impresses me. And I've seen a lot of that. For a while, I was kind of on that train. But, Jim, you and I talked about the old shimmy shake at the blue line. Oh, yeah. Mm. Led directly to a goal. That was pretty nice. That If he starts doing that stuff, like has the confidence to do that stuff more often, I don't care if it's on the power play or not, just play your game like that. We might be having like a, a full 180 on this, or Jim might be having a full 180 on this guy. And it's been, it happens. It happens to all of us. You know, you, you see something you don't like, you pick up on tendencies, and then all it takes is a couple of really pretty plays, and it reminds you why this guy was a first round pick and what he's capable of. And then you start becoming a believer, and then boom, there you go. So that's a good point because Travis Sanheim doesn't have that sort of elusiveness right. where you pressure him with the puck. And he's, tra- he's trapped at the blue line. You're going the other way. It's fast break because he panics. Um, but the, the point you just brought up, if, if he can, you know, if he's pressured with the puck, if he can still create and get his, you know, find his way out of that, okay, now we're looking at now. So this is now a different sort of offense, right? It's like, okay, if you can't get shots to goal, because if you can't, if you don't have a shot, teams are going to, they're going to pressure you, turn it over, or, you know, they're just going to see what you do. Because if you're not getting a puck to the net, it's like, all right, well, where is he going with this? Because he's not shooting kind of thing. We'll see. Uh, and and maybe I am getting a little bit too down on Cam York because of Travis Sanheim. Like, I'm just over. I'm over Sanheim. Um, and, and when I see a guy, offensive defenseman, has trouble getting pucks to goal, that bothers the hell out of me, I think. Um, so, yeah, maybe it's maybe it's just a me thing. Uh, interesting you, question here. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Trev. No, I was, I was just going to add, you, you are Jack, right sorry. about this team. Um, we have grown the last 10 years where you do pressure this team in any way and they just fall to pieces. Mm-hmm. And, and Sanheim was definitely a part of that. So it's only natural to think that all the defensemen that come through here are going to be like that. So I want to see him get pressured and see how he handles it. I want him to see him get cute and succeed with the puck in small spaces. I want to see him be able to rip a pass and carry the puck out of the zone just for starters, you know, just, just for starters, just be responsible with the puck. Be smart with the puck, you know, show why you, an offensive defense is not just blasting on the net. Like you have to, you're yeah. skilled with the puck. Like I want to, I want to see that like you, you see, or more of that more consistently and just having the confidence to just do it, just go for it. And, you know, hopefully the instincts be, do it right so i mean there's a lot to see on him still i think that's why bridge was perfect money is probably lower than some people expected um or right on whatever it's a bridge deal and he's however old so like he's got a lot left to prove i still and i i think that's why they did it that that's kind of what i wanted to get into like his shiftiness is like beautiful i think like he he his deception and his elusiveness is game-changing um his natural playmaking ability is far better than Sandheim's. You guys just said, like, snapping passes tape to tape. I think he's very good at that. Um, he, he, I don't know how many games he's played. Um, he's a pretty solid defensive player with his stick, especially for his size. I think he's done pretty well in his own zone with such little experience and the size. I, that impresses me. Um, I don't know. I we had the comment. What's the ceiling? That, that's a good question. I think he has top pair ceiling. I don't know if he's going to be a number one or a number two. I think he will eventually be a number two. Can he be a number one? I'm not sure about that. Um, but yeah, every, everything I've seen out of this guy, I really like. He's not bad in his own zone for being a smaller offensive defenseman with such little experience and 
the the passing ability, the shiftiness. I think he's a really good player right now, and I think he's going to continue. I think that Dan Boyle comparison we spoke about offline would be fantastic. That would be that would be a very good ceiling, absolute ceiling for him. I mean, I see him more as a like Jim said a three, but with like really counting on him with the offense, like power play quarterback or go to guy, which is very valuable, especially if you are if you know anything about your own end. You know, unlike certain players. Um, yeah, if you, if you can at least be somewhat adequate, you have a really good player on your hands, especially if they're that creative offensively and not just creative, just can rip it, can, you know, find lanes, passing lanes and shooting lanes. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So real quick, Cam York has played in a total of 87 NHL games, not counting the three that he played in 2021. He has five goals, 25 assists for 30 points in in 84 games. So just over an 82-game season. He's got 30 30 points, five goals. Yeah, if if he turns out to be a 30 to 40-point guy, 35, 40-point guy, I'm totally fine with that because that's what I, I be. that's what I see him as. I wouldn't be okay with that. I think he has way higher point potential. Okay. All right. Maybe it's just a me thing. He's and got one his, other he's got all thing. his 20s to, you know, improve. So maybe he'll hit that point in like round 26 or something. We keep going up. Who knows? What, one other thing. always grows slower, no matter who. It's always a slower grow. I, I was impressed with all the different roles he played this year and all the different uh, defensemen he played with. We saw him on the top pair with Provorov at times. We saw him with Risto at times. We saw him with Braun, Sealer. I, I like this game from the day he got called up until um, the end of the season. Here, mute, Sorry, I left myself on mute. Uh, I, I actually think he outplayed Provorov this year. All right. One That's thing I do want to add on, on your – is that he's, he's very confident. Oh, he's yeah. extremely confident. Um, some players, I'll say, confident in, in, a, in a good way. York is, I think, borderline cocky, right? Would you say that that's true? 100%. 100%. Yeah. I, I personally like that. Yeah. So we'll see. Well, you know, if, up, yep. we'll see. So what I'm uh, almost worried about with that is, and I don't want to open up a can of worms here. Oh, it's already and open now. Young, cocky kid, 22 years old. It almost seems like a Tortorella target right there, mm-hmm. where he's got to break that a little bit out of him, break he the did. ego part. Beginning yeah, of the season he, last year. He, you're so, right. He did. Water under the bridge. <laughs> I hope. I hope because I'm. I'm going to be interested to see how that plays out. Now, full season New York. He's going to have to hit the ground running out of the gate, or else it could be, you know, I. I don't see Cam York with the Flyers long term. If you want me to be honest. Wow. I, I just don't see him here. I think he's a West Coast kid, not going to get along with Tortorella. He's only signing a bridge deal. I don't see him with the Flyers long-term. Just my opinion. A little maybe of a bomb take, but we'll see. Hopefully I'm wrong. We'll see. You kind of mentioned that, and the first guy who comes to my mind, young cocky kid with Tortorella, was Michael Delzato. And he had a really good start to the beginning of his career in New York, and it did not turn out very well. And he ended up coming to Philly and had like one, I think his first or second year here was pretty strong. But, yeah. After that, I mean, he, he was just kind of up and down the rest of his career, and it didn't work. Yeah. 
I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully it turns better than he did. Michael That's Delzato. for sure. He was a first round pick too. Yeah. 20th overall. Yep. I thought he was going to be, thought he was going to have, I like, I thought he was going to have like maybe Tony D'Angelo type numbers throughout his career, Delzato. And he just fell off the face of the earth after that year with the Flyers. 10 goals, 22 I mean, he was a late and... signing too. It looked like he was going to go to training camp unsigned. It's only because Tiemann and yeah, blood, blood blots that they even signed him. And I, I, I want to say maybe Delhi had one good year with the Canucks and ended up getting a decent contract out of it. Yeah. yeah 22 points. It, it was, wasn't he on the Blues when they won the Cup, but I don't know if he played. He was like the eighth defenseman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was like the Luke Shen before Luke Shen actually became like kind of valuable. I remember he got a three-year deal from the Canucks, and after that, it wasn't great. He parlayed it into a little, extended that career just enough. Mm-hmm. Sure did. All right, what do you say we move on a little bit here? About a half an hour, we're talking about the bridge deals. Um, we'll see how they end up in two years. We'll we'll talk about this again, I'm sure. A um, couple Russian topics here. So <laughs> we got Fedotov. Did I say it right, Trav? Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want to uh, stick a screwdriver in my ear. Trav was giving me shit before the show about how I'm saying Fedotov. It's Fedotov or Fedotov? You had to make him Italian. It's a <laughs> uh, We're going to talk about Fedotov. We're going to talk about Kolosov. And I guess we could chime in on Michkov a little bit. Have you guys seen this stuff on Twitter? Of course. Since Ted brought it up here. I, I guess. Uh, so I'm going to leave this up to you guys. Hopefully you read or, or heard a little bit more than me. I guess Spitting Chicklets had, or I'm sorry, that, you know, that website, that one. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they were talking about Meechkov and maybe they had somebody from Montreal on. Is that how that nah. went? Uh, yeah, so I, I listened to the pod. I listened to Chicklets. Go ahead. Um, they were just kind of recapping the draft and they were talking about uh, Meechkov. And I don't remember if it was Biz or what, or maybe it was both of them, but. They both said they heard things about how bad of a teammate he is and how much the coach dislikes him. And he kicked his teammate or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it was it was both of them. It's uh nasty started it, but like it jumped to the other guy and the, I don't know who that other guy was, but he was like, "Oh, I never heard that." And then it went to Whitney, who's a total hack. And he was just he he hates the flyer, so he just totally ripped ripped the kid. I'm sure, he, yeah, you might have heard this, you might have heard that, but then there's a million other views where that's not the case. He's competitive. Then there's a more hundred more that he's an a hole. Then there's a hundred more that he's not. So then they just come out and be like, yeah, he's an a hole. Was a little like, come on, like, he's 18. Like really? I actually like hadn't seen any of that before. They mentioned it. I I didn't hear anything. Oh, I didn't it, read anything about him being a bad I, teammate. Or I heard a little bit. Okay. Somebody mentioned. I remember like right before the draft. Like yeah, because uh, his character issues. I'm like that. No, it's the Russia thing. What the hell? You, character issues. What are you talking about? And then I like never heard it again. And then, like okay. Travis said, after this came out, it, people have just been posting different. Like he's the greatest. He's an a hole. He's the greatest a hole. That's why they resigned <laughs> him. Like, yeah. So I, right before the drafts, I think I was reading something on on Reddit. They had the Washington Capitals Russian scout shit-talking Michkov. And for me, it made a lot of sense why he would do that. So teams would pass up on him, right? Because like, it's all smokescreen. It's all BS. I'm wondering if people are now going back to all that and going, oh, yeah, yeah, it's all true. Okay. And at the time, it was just BS smokescreen, you know? Like, 
Well, there's also yeah, two, two very salty fan bases in Washington and definitely Montreal. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of reason to go back on it, make themselves feel better about not getting that player. <laughs> That's a funny comment from TF. I think we have some Russian followers too. Now, I'm not sure what time it is in Russia, but if you guys comment, that'd be cool. Please. Um, oh, yeah. Do we have a filter? Uh, like a translator? Yeah. You know <laughs> what? I'll put it in the Google Translate if any comes through. They, all, they, they know how to speak English over there. We're the only country that knows how to speak one language. Everywhere else knows how to speak two in yeah. theory. <laughs> you're absolutely, yeah, you're actually right about that. Um, I, w- I will say this. Um, them guys over at Chicklets, they know a lot of people and they have a lot of connections. They could have heard something like that. Sure. Now, maybe they were just trying to get clicks, right? Sure. They're, they're the number one hockey podcast yeah, for know, years now. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. But they also could have heard that from somewhere. I mean, they, they just had uh, Leonard, uh, Will Smith, and Carlson on their podcast, and they got, that, they got them interviews because of their agent. I mean, they, they have a lot of connections. Maybe they heard sure. that somewhere. I'm, I don't know. I agree with what Travis saying that they definitely could have heard that. I guess just to say it like that and kind of make yes. everybody's going to jump on that when you can't confirm it, that's kind of low class. Yeah, I agree with that. So I was just going to ask this. Let's let's just say whatever it is cuz really I didn't I didn't read any of this cuz I think it's all BS and we're not going to have to worry about this kid for three more years, so I didn't want to waste my time reading or listening i just didn't maybe i should have for the sake of the show um but let's just say whatever you read and whatever you heard is true does that change your opinion on michkov do you want him off the team are you upset the flyers picked him yada yada jack no not at all it, it changes <laughs> my opinions on who his teammates i guess will be like, it's like <laughs> I, I i really don't care like i mean it's a perfect comment because yeah this is hockey remember when this was a tough sport you know like remember when you know you weren't walking on eggshells and all that and it was the tough yeah. sport yeah they'll who the hell cares and people even said it if any of this is true and they resigned him well then obviously he's right. valuable so who gives a shit so i'm kind of on that train I don't care if they all love. We had a whole locker room that all loved each other. Well, their cliques loved each other, but they couldn't win anything. So let's have them all hate each other as long as they friggin' win. That's all I care about. Just win. I don't care what the hell do you do in the locker room or on your personal time. Just friggin' win. Yeah. Uh, he's you, you 18. Dra- you draft the general generational prospect that seventh overall. We'll see what happens. You that's a pick you make ten times out of ten. Is it this is an eighteen year old kid we're talking about? And in the thing that I read, I, I think they were interviewing his teammate, and his teammate was a little older, a veteran guy, maybe in his early in his later twenties, thirties. And what he described was Michkov. He lives and breathes the game of hockey. Like it's just his his thing. Like. He's almost, it almost sounded like he was a little nerdy about it. Like that's, that's his personality is hockey, you know? So, uh, you know, imagine you're in a locker room and an 18 year old kid or a kid significantly younger than you gets up in the middle of the room and starts trying to, to motivate and get everybody going and starts yelling and screaming. What are you, what are you guys thinking 
when you see somebody doing that. Like, well, hold on. Is this before or after he has like a five point night? See, that's a good point. Great point. Yeah, it, it comes point. down to who the player is and how good he is, in my opinion. Great yes. point. Because we, yeah, I mean, if he's about McDonald back in the day being given the A, and it's like he's part of the leadership group. What is he telling people how to stay on their skates? Because he can't do that. <laughs> like, what you want to do when you fall is flap your arms and make a snow angel. Like, I couldn't take the guy seriously. But if, if this kid who's, who's outplaying everybody, uh, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll listen. You know, if they have any chance of wanting to win, if you actually care about winning, yeah, I'd probably listen. I'd probably get a little mode, babe. This kid's you're putting up those numbers. Yep. Good point. Great point. All right, let's move along a little bit here. So the Flyers have some goalie uh, stuff going on. Uh, drama, if you will. Drama and the Flyers. Go figure. Uh, anyways, they let's get to the good news first, I guess. They signed Alexei Kolosov, a 2021 third-round pick of the Philadelphia Flyers, to a three-year entry-level contract. Uh, he's currently 21 years old. So I think – What's going to happen is he's going to play out this year with his KHL team, Dynamo Minsk, uh, the KHL, obviously. And then I think after this season is when they're going to make an effort to bring him over, is what I read uh, from multiple outlets. So, all right, so you get Kolosov over here, and that kind of makes sense because Sam Erson may get promoted to the Flyers between this year and next. Who knows what's going to happen with Hart. Sandstrom will be off the books, we assume. Um, and... Uh, Peterson will be in the last – he's got a two-year contract, right, Peterson? Yeah. Yeah, so he'll be in the last year. So, I thought it was more than that, though. Uh, let me, wow. I got I got cap friendly up. I'll look – I'm not sure one of you guys wants to try. That's what I thought, yeah. I hope. All right, so it makes sense why you want to bring Kolosov over. you got to start replacing guys. Now, well, I, let me ask you guys before we get to Fedotov. Any thoughts on the Kolosov deal? Or the implications of what that could mean? What are the implications? I mean, I'm glad he signed. Like, do you mean like down the road with Fedotov or Michkov? Um, so I'll just so I was thinking more in terms of he's gonna be replacing somebody next season because someone's gonna get bumped up. The Phantoms are gonna need a goalie. But if you're looking more longer term, yeah, in three years, Michkov will be here. I, I think Dan Silver even said Kola, uh, let me get his name right, because I, I always want to say Kolarov. Kolosov will be the goalie that wins a Stanley Cup for the Flyers. And I love Dan. And nobody gets tweeting on there, and I was kind of like, whoa, are you sure about that? I don't know. Um, so in terms of that, I guess, I mean, I haven't watched a second of this guy, and his KHL stats are, you know, they don't pop off the charts, at least to me, but maybe there's something I'm missing. I could have sworn his name was up there with like the trajectory of Shesterkin yes. and Sorokin, and that's what got people like, "Woo!" Yeah. So, hey. yeah. I'm I'm with Jim. I've never seen this guy play, but if you Google his scouting reports, every comparable has him to either Sorokin or Shesterkin. Wow. So I mean, for that alone, yeah, sign him. So I was all about yep. that. I actually was was surprised there wasn't more. I mean, Dan Sweet makes sense now, <laughs> but I didn't see a whole lot of that. It was very much like, oh, what are we gonna do, or is he gonna come over, kind of whatever. And I was just, I was like, why isn't he being like talked about more? And a couple, a couple of uh, 
goalie like depth chart list came out and he was like middle of the pack. I'm like, if his trajectory is what I last read, I thought he'd be a lot higher. Maybe because it's Russia, I guess. I don't know. But those other two guys turned out pretty damn good. So if he's even in the realm, I thought he'd be considerably higher on that. Seems like the organization at least views it that way. So I'm all, I'm all for it. You know, I'm, I think it's fantastic. So where I'm a little bit concerned and why I'm a little bit hesitant to get a little manic over this guy. I have never watched play, so I'm going off by hearsay, you know. If we want to compare him to Sorokin and Shesterkin, all I have to look at are stats for when they played in the KHL, okay? Um, I'm looking at – so Kolosov has played in a total of about 75 KHL games. Hasn't had a save percentage better than .912. All right, now I'm going to Ilya Sorokin and his first, well, I guess, okay, his first three years in the KHL didn't have a goals, uh, a save percentage over 0.919. But after that, didn't have anything below uh, 0.929. He's in the 940s, 930s, 950s. All right, he's 27 years old now, Sorokin. You go to Shesterkin, it's the same thing. You're looking at save percentages in the 930s, 950s. And I'm like, Okay, so I'm expecting to see a huge jump. I'm, I'm expecting to see a productive season out of Colossal this year, just based off of all you know, all the pumping the tires that we're doing already. Mm-hmm. Like uh, 917, 912 save percentage is very good. Excuse me, very good, right? But don't you expect better in, from the KHL? I, I would agree with you completely. The only thing I wonder is we just drafted that goalie in the second round, Car. What is it? Carson Bjarnason. Bjarnason. Yeah. And everyone said, don't look at his stats. Brandon was a terrible defensive team. Okay. Just look at the, the saves he makes and the ath- athletic ability. This guy was the top rated goalie in the United States. Maybe it's a similar situation like you. I've never seen him play. I don't know if that is the case, but I guess it would make sense. Yeah, I'm just trying to play a little devil's advocate here. Cause I'm, uh, you know, uh, I usually, and Jack will tell you this, I mean, I think you guys both know me by now. I don't go by what people say. You know, it's like, okay, well, you're telling me this, but I haven't seen with my own eyes, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it's, so it's, it's tough for me because you're talking about a goalie, and they're just yeah. so friggin' voodoo. Who the hell knows? Sure. I mean, you were talking about he could be, win, be, win the Stanley Cup for the Flyers. Like, whoa, really? Well, Michael Layton almost did it. So, yeah. I mean, I guess anything's possible. Very true. Very true. Uh, all right, so speaking of voodoo and goalies, former seventh uh, seventh round pick from 2015. It's crazy that we're talking about a 2015 round, uh, 2015 year draft pick eight years later. Uh, Ivan Fedotov is stuck in a tug of war, it seems, between the Flyers and CSKA Moscow, the military team in the KHL, which is weird in its own. Hmm. Um, anyways, so. I'll kind of summarize this a bit. I'm going off a an article from our buddy Kevin Durso of 97.3 ESPN South Jersey. Uh, so let me just scroll up a bit here. So uh, there's this thing called a memorandum of understanding that the KHL and the NHL had, and it was to honor each other's league's contracts, meaning you know the Flyers can't go – poach players from Russia who are under contract in Russia and vice versa, right? 
So the argument here is that Ivan Fedotov, excuse me, had a contract with the Flyers for last season. He was forced to go to the military. It's a, a thing that Russians have to do. They have the uh, mandatory year of military service. Uh, he tried to skip out on it. Based off what we read, he did his service in Moscow's mind, or this, and this is where it kind of seems a little bit bullshit in my opinion. They said, well, he was under contract for last year, didn't play the contract, his contract expired, he's free to sign. He's a free agent, basically. So they signed him for two years. The Flyers, and it was kind of like the buzzword for a little bit, and I hate it, and it's coming back again. The Flyers said that they told his contract because he was unplayable because he had to join the military. So they told last year's contract into this year, the 2023-2024 season, and I think it was unacknowledged because they didn't sign him to a new contract for this year, and that's where things got a little fuzzy, a little hairy, and... I think initially it sounded like the KHL was uh, agreeing with Moscow. I mean, obviously they let him sign the contract. He's a part of their team. He's not a Philadelphia Flyer uh, officially. At least that's how I'm seeing this. Um, but, and there were small rumblings, because I, once I saw all this, I kind of stopped paying attention. I'm like, this guy's never coming over. There are some in the KHL that say, he should he still have they they should still honor that contract and i think it's more so for the sake of future contracts mm -hmm. because who wouldn't want to play for an nhl team over a khl team right so the, in my opinion khl teams would be at a disadvantage um, because then nhl teams can start pulling their players over whenever they want you know uh, what do you guys think about this whole situation with fitatol we could start with travis first on this one i don't know <laughs> you explained it very well and I, I honestly i don't know i don't know what comes from this he's a talented goalie i think um look if the flyers and the nhl as a league told that contract then he's under contract for this upcoming season and then the khl they should have to honor that like you said it sounds like some people agree with me it sounds like some others don't um I don't know. I, I really don't know what comes from this. It sounds like we're getting, it seems like we're getting updates on this like every two days. It's, it's pretty crazy how invested and how, I guess, chaotic the whole situation has been. If, if the guy wants to play in the NHL, I hope the guy gets the chance. Yeah, they seem to not give a rat's ass about the players over there, whether they don't care about your development, they stick you on the fourth line playing four minutes a night. Or something like this. However, I do understand that if we could, the United States or the NHL really could pull guys over willy nilly, there wouldn't be much left for the KHL. So I do understand that. Then there was just the whole military fraud ID thing with him and mm -hmm. making an example of him and how much more of that this could even be and whatnot. And it's some real Fisher versus Spassky shit going on right here. And uh, I, I bet nobody has any idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but that is the the two the chess tournament from the seventies, United States and Russia. So, and I have no idea how this is going to pan out. I just really hope that him, especially because he's a flyer, but all players they all want to get to the NHL. It's the best league in the world. You want to at least try. Like, I really hope he gets to at least somehow get here. 
Um, and yeah, I, I don't, I honest to God, I don't have high hopes for it. I think they're really going to put their foot down on this kid. Yeah, it seems like it. Uh, I, it. It almost sounds like they're doing it as a grudge to Fedotov, and maybe, you know, I'm sure they want to screw over the Flyers too, an American team, yada, yada. Uh, I do have the official definition of tolling, if you guys want to know that real quick, because I, no, I had no idea what it meant. In certain professional sports leagues, such as the National Hockey League, the tolling of a player's contract to allow for the pausing or delaying of the commencement of a contract can occur under certain conditions when a player signs his first NHL contract. Uh, so that's the official definition I have there. So does that count as an un, you know, an unforeseen circumstance when a guy gets uh, poisoned and kidnapped? And I'm gonna. So <laughs> the interesting part here is we didn't hear the word tolling when everything went down. Mm-hmm. Only kind of after the fact. Um. I like to assume the best and assume that the Flyers knew that they were going to do this and needed to do it if they wanted to retain Fedotov. Uh, at the same time, this tolling stuff only kind of cropped up a couple months ago, right? Or did it happen a lot earlier? And I'm just, my short memory's kicking uh, in. I could be wrong, but I feel like I heard Bill Meltzer say it on Jason Martinez's podcast like a long time ago when someone and I could be wrong on this, but I just have the memory of someone just sending in a fan question. Hey, any update on Fedotov? And Bill said, no real update, but the contract's been told. I could be wrong on that, but I, I feel like I remember that correctly. How long ago was that? Uh, it was it was maybe the middle of the season. Okay. All right. So then that makes sense then. Good on the Flyers. Yeah, then, uh, you know. This, I hope I'm right on that. This Russian I mean, team is in the wrong yeah, good on the Flyers. Good on the league for having that you know, exception. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, I, I I don't know if I've heard that before, but it, it makes perfect sense considering the circumstances. So yeah. maybe it wasn't worth talking about. It was more about, hey, is this guy going to live? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. All right. So, yeah, we'll see. If, if they can get Fedotov to come over with Kolosov, all right, Flyers got something cooking here now. They got a couple goalies over here. If it was me, I would try to trade Fedotov as quick as I could for whatever I could to get out of all this BS. Would you um, trade him for a seventh-round pick? No. <laughs> would not. I would rather just let him rock or go it's back to the limit. All right. Um, so question of the night here. We're about almost an hour in. Question of the night. Things have gotten a little slow. Uh, as I mentioned, Tony, uh, Tony D'Angelo is still a flyer. We've seen reports it's a matter of when, not if. It all kind of depends on Carolina right now. So I'm not so much blaming Briere, but is it too early? Is it fair to criticize Danny Briere already? Uh, we'll start with Jack here. Uh, honestly, I obviously saw this in the notes. I saw a couple of tweets. Criticize him for what? Yes. <laughs> I guess what I've seen is Fans expected more turnover quickly with the roster. Uh, So let me just – I'll break it down real quick. I'll try to look from the other perspective. Sure, they traded Ivan Provorov, the team's best defenseman, and it's hands down. He was their best defenseman. Got a great haul, right? Um, Traded Kevin Hayes. Got that contract off the books. Had to retain half. Uh, All they got was a six. So 
if you want something to be upset about, sure, it's very easy to be upset about that trade because you got a sixth-round pick for Kevin Hayes and you retained half his salary. Um, not much else has happened since. You signed Garnet Hathaway, who it's very easy for people not to like. Fourth-line guy, yada, yada. Some people do like him, though. Apparently, he's a good fourth-liner. Um, you know, they go out and sign Stahl, who's, you know, Justin Braun replacement, if that – and who's the other guy? Poling, who's apparently a good fourth-line center, but not going to make anybody's offseason. You know what I mean? Signs two bridge deals for Nell Cates, uh, Cam York, yet to sign Morgan Frost, as I mentioned, yet to get rid of Tony D'Angelo. Uh, so some people are upset. They expected more turnover. Travis Sanheim is still a flyer. Uh, if you wanted to see Travis Konechny traded, Travis Konechny still a flyer. Uh, there's still a log jam on the right wing. Uh, so I guess in terms of wanting to see things happen quicker, I'm assuming, Jack, uh, what are your thoughts on that? I, I would like to cut in real quick. Go ahead. Um, I think if any fans expected that, they're crazy. Because Danny said from day one, we're not doing a full teardown. Now, I will say this. Um, like we had Peter Harling on, prospect guy, a couple of weeks ago. And he said, yeah, I don't really live in Philly. Like, are all the Philly fans, what, what does everyone think about this rebuild? And at the time, Travis Konechny's name was in rumors. Carter Hart's name was in rumors. Scott Lawton's name was in rumors. And maybe that kind of made fans lose sight of the fact that Danny said, we're not doing a full teardown. Maybe they just forgot about that because everybody's name was in the rumors. I guess that's where that comes from. But like Danny said from day one, we're not doing a full teardown. So I, I think you're silly if you thought that was coming. I completely agree with you. Like criticize them for what? If you expected any big free agent signings, you're crazy. It was always going to be bottom of the roster veterans. You flip them at the deadline. Good locker room guys. They were always going to do them kind of signings. And, and like I said, if you expected major trades for half the roster – Danny said they weren't doing that. I mean, people even disliked the guys they signed. It's like every every team does this. Like, yes. I think people are expecting him to move mountains, and that's a lot of that's based on rumors. Uh, a lot of that's based on getting a first round pick back for Sandheim, which is like because that rumor came out, the it killed any like the Hayes deal became like one of the worst deals. Right. It's like it really wasn't that bad. You're not getting a whole lot for Hayes, sure, because you've got a little bit of a higher pick, maybe. But uh, GM and uh, Nashville kind of killed that when Johansson went for nothing. So I mean, Hayes is whatever. He killed the Proveroff deal. That was phenomenal. Um, everything else was be- built upon rumor. We thought Hart was out of here too, but it's not his fault. They have to finish up their investigations and report the findings and all that stuff. Uh, and Oh, by the way, he drafted Meechkoff. Did we forget that? They, <laughs> and they killed the draft. If you listen to other pundits talk about the Flyers draft, it's A or A+. plus. It's all over. He killed the draft from the first. I mean, you might not like the bonk pick or whatever. They got a, They killed the draft. If all they came out of that draft was Meechkoff and nothing else, I would have been perfectly fine with that as well. He killed the draft. He traded Proveroff for a haul. He's got a plan he's setting in motion. I think a lot of people are upset because they didn't trade Lawton for the the projected first plus in mm. that rumored deal. Sam Hyde didn't go for a first with Hayes. Um, 
and I think a lot of people really wanted Sam Line out of here and to get another first in this draft. There was no trades in the first round at all, so you can't hate on Danny completely for that. It takes two to tango. You know, so I think a lot of built-up rumors with certain players not coming to fruition and having to wait on a player wanting to wave his no trade, which he did not. You know, there's only so much you can do. You try, you know, and he's been on the job, what, two months, three maybe? I don't know. I lost track. And we're already going to criticize him. Do you remember how bad this team was? Some of the players I mentioned being moved in deals a couple of months ago were unmovable, Sandheim, like unmovable. Now that he didn't pull it off, we got to criticize him. It's a piss poor off season. Are you out of your mind? Like if I'm sorry, but if all he did was get Michkov and nothing else happened, like it would still be a win in my book. And he's already done more than that. You don't know what can happen. Things settle after free agency. Players get hurt during the season, preseason. You're allowed to make trades before the trade deadline too. You can make a trade in, in November if you wanted to. So like, let's give the guy a full count of the year for God's sakes before they start with this shit. So, I mean, I'm not disappointed at all. I'm also not making my full judgment yet either. He's barely got going. Yeah, it's – to put it, Frank, it is it is too short to criticize Danny Breer. Um, I guess you guys talked about why Sandheim wasn't traded. I'm just looking at this comment here. You guys touched on that already? Well, it was just based on, based on rumors. I mean, look at the D'Angelo deal falling apart. What were we getting that was so great that, oh, it had to go through? Like, who cares? And we're getting some. I'm sorry, Jim. You're not going to get another Italian. I'm really sorry. It's not <laughs> happening. But like, we might actually get more if he just, you know, plays ball at the trade deadline. It's definitely possible if that's what happens, or what, or you move him a little bit later. You weren't getting anything for him in the first place. Who cares? And please, nobody said, "Well, he's blocking some of the young kids." Don't just please don't. I can't. So I will say. For Sandheim, did you guys talk about the the deal that was in place already? Yeah, it, basically Very what lightly. I said was the rumor and how that almost happened, getting a first back for Sandheim and moving Hayes, that got people hot and bothered, myself included, because the idea of moving Sandheim for a first is just out of this world. Because I was saying that, Trav, a couple months ago, him getting out of Philly at all for anything, <laughs> zero chance. So first was mind-blowing. The fact that that fell apart, there – using it to criticize Danny, which I think is silly. He shot for the stars. It didn't go through. We're right back where we started. Did you really expect Sanheim to get moved this offseason? Because I didn't. So uh, they had uh, a they had a deal in place to to trade him. The problem was they were getting a guy back that had a no trade clause. So I'll ask this question because he, he all but did have Sanheim traded and I don't think it had anything to do with uh, with all due respect, TF, with all due, I, I don't think it had anything to do with things coming out. I mean, St. Louis media oh, leaked all that. Uh, but is it Danny's fault for trading for a player with a no trade clause? Could he have set, could he have set, accepted another player? What Why did it have to be? He, yeah, that's very true. And we don't. I don't know that. So if Trav, if you know something in there, I, I don't, but okay. like I would imagine that, I mean, we, we heard for a couple of days that, okay, this deal's not dead yet. Danny's still trying to work something. Maybe they're trying to get a third team involved. Maybe St. Louis just didn't want to part with any other guys. Yeah. I think that I don't know, but I think that's what it was. I mean, teams try to acquire players with no trade clauses all the time. Mm -hmm. It's not and even the team that has them, goes as far as to ask the player. Like it's not crazy. It's the only way they thought they can make it work. 
Obviously, <laughs> the Blues wanted to move on from Krug. Sounded like the Flyers actually wanted to keep Krug, where we were at the point like, yo, just do whatever he wants to get Sandheim and get the first. You know, out, get Sandheim out of here, get the first in here, and do whatever he wants. Ship him to Florida, whatever. Well, it's a lot of moving parts, a lot of different teams. Seemed a little unlikely. I think once I heard Krug didn't want to waive it, I kind of let that dream go. But because it was ever once a dream, uh, I think that's why people are like, oh, he couldn't pull it off. He sucks. <laughs> Interesting that they were trying to trade for a player that could run their power play when they have offensive dynamos like Sandheim and Cam York on. No, I'm just kidding, guys. Uh, I think I think it would have done wonders for York to see I how agree. Krug handles himself. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um so, yeah, interesting stuff. D'Angelo, again, I'll say it again. The, the deal is in place. I think Carolina's got to move some money. I, I think what I saw uh, today was – go ahead, Trev. I would think that it comes down to if they get Carlson or not. That's what it sounds it's, like. Because that that's not going to work with Carlson, Burns, and D'Angelo all on the same decor. That's not going to work. And I'm wondering why they want to – didn't they see how Carlson Burns worked out in San Jose? Right. It makes zero sense to me at all. No, yeah. it doesn't make sense. Unless they're going to – unless San Jose is retaining like a ridiculous amount to where it's like, well, why wouldn't we want Eric Carlson for that, you know? Maybe – part of me thinks they're just in it to bump up the price for Pittsburgh or something because the same division. You know, I mean, it makes sense. But as far as their team structure – could be right. I, I I feel like they'd be better off with D'Angelo and Adam elsewhere and whatnot. They they aren't the team to really bring in like the super high money guy and try to, you know, they, they have a good team as their thing. So I'll believe it when I see it. For sure. And a couple comments from Ted here. Just want to make sure uh, we're on the same page. Uh, keep saying Danny's said he's not going to do a full rebuild. Uh, that, that's towards me. Danny okay. said from the day he took the job, this was not going to be a complete teardown. If you thought he was trading Carter Hart, Travis Konechny, Travis Sanheim, Kevin Hayes, Tony D'Angelo, Ivan Provorov, every veteran on this team, Scott Lawton, I mean, he's, he said many, many times they're not doing a full teardown. I think maybe all the fans kind of got excited when Travis Konechny's names and rumors and Scott Lawton and Carter Hart. Danny said from day one he wasn't trading all them guys. At least Some not right away. Maybe. Yeah, he's like, I'm not stripping it down to the studs like day one. I mean, he's going to do it right, and it's going to take time. And the other things I remember hearing. So, for sure. That doesn't mean just get jettison everybody for the sake of getting rid of them. I think he's going to make smart deals. For sure. I don't know what that – did somebody say a uh, Filippo's reports were a rumor? I don't know. I don't know what that refers to. I'm going to assume yeah, I, he's I trust talking Ant. about the DN. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I, anything all, Ant says, like him, I, I, he's the best out there. So yeah. I, I don't, if I said that, I don't remember saying it. And I apologize. But uh, whatever Ant says is gold in my book. I'm assuming that's in reference to D'Angelo. So I think. I think Ted. him and DeMarco today, they both said um, right. deals in place. It's a matter of when, not if. Yep, exactly that. Very good. For sure. Yeah. So Carlson being a smoke tree make me more sense unless Pittsburgh knows something now. I would like to hear from because we have a couple, you know, a bunch of people watching here. Danny Briere's first off season so far. Are you disappointed by it or or no? Uh, I would say going by TF's response, maybe he's not thrilled with it, or maybe he expected more, uh, and and maybe even so. Ted, 
Uh, well, I kind of agree with what he says, where if those a lot of those things weren't made public, we wouldn't be or certain people wouldn't be so upset with Danny because things didn't mm, come to fruition. We didn't know about this stuff. And we only saw what was done. I guarantee you that the, half the criticism is not there. I, I read TF's comment as if he did like Danny's. Yeah, yeah, he does like go. Danny's offseason. It was more so the other deals that fell through really weren't his fault. Guy. All right. Yeah. Thanks for that. Uh, yeah. That's kind of how I feel too. We have uh, David checking in. Agree with you guys way too early. Yeah. I mean, it's been this, the summer's not even halfway done. You know, we're not I, even halfway through July. Calgary's not done and Winnipeg's not done yet. And they're mm. going to have to acquire some guys that want to play there. I don't know. Maybe the Sandheim deal's not dead in the water. I don't think it's dead. I don't either. <laughs> it'll never I be don't dead. Think... As long as we live, it'll never be dead. No, like so. Let's well, let's talk about this a little bit. So I, I think Trav, we were talking about it a little bit the other day, and obviously we've talked about Sanheim on this show, and people watch Sanheim. He's not a guy that takes maybe bad news oh, yep. very well, and uh, you know you sign a no trade clause for eight years, and you're here, and the team's trying to trade you. If you're a little fragile well i don't want to i don't even want to say it like that because if i signed an eight-year no trade clause and i found out the team's trying to trade me now and i really wanted to be somewhere i would be a little bit pissed whereas some people it might shake them up a little bit like oh what the hell's going on yada yada um trev we were kind of talking about this you want to touch on that at all um well it was on the last 32 thoughts podcast of the season Okay, and they went down every single team in the NHL and their off season, what they've done, what they expect to happen, and Travis Sanheim's name was mentioned, and Elliot said that the Flyers really, really, really tried to keep those rumors in house because they knew how Travis Sanheim would react. Hmm. Hmm. So something to see there. Maybe maybe he doesn't want to be here anymore, kind of thing, and. The Who amount knows, of maybe. people, I don't mean to cut you off, the amount of people I've read that say Travis Sanheim can't be traded because he has a no-trade clause. Well, that's just factually not true. Right. Oh, yeah. That's like that. That's actually been bothering the hell out of me, the amount of times I've seen people say that. He, he might have traded. a say in where he goes. If, if, he, if the Flyers have a deal lined up with Calgary, He's Daniel calls Sanheim, hey, we have You're a deal in home. place. Will you waive your no-trade? And at that point, it's his decision, yes or no. He can be traded if he wants to. Yeah. And he might want to. But does he want to stick around for a rebuild? Or exactly. Does he want to try to win? Like, it's it's pretty simple conversation. Like, the two teams I mentioned, like, Winnipeg and Calgary. Where you can trade him, but yeah, Calgary makes perfect sense. Can he signed an eight-year deal with the Flyers. Like, I think it's pretty clear that he doesn't give a shit about winning. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cares about the money. I think he saw they're going to give me six point what for how long? <laughs> exactly. I think that's what it, that was priority number one. Now, if he's like, now that I got my money, maybe I Eddie can try winning the trade clause where like, I want to go. My God, because he Sam- gets rude a lot too. Why would he want? <laughs> he's not going to be. You know, I mean, if I had a chance to go home and win, maybe I don't know what Calgary's doing, but and win, and I'm already getting paid a good chunk, like. Psh- that trade, that no trade walls goes with them. Yeah. So it's like, you stay there, be set. Well, That's Calgary, true. I mean, half their team has to be traded. They yeah. have to find guys that want to play there. 
Travis Sanheim played his junior career in Calgary. Maybe that's appealing to him. I think it needs to be. I think he needs to. Uh, Calgary's got to find guys that want to play there. He's got eight years left on his deal. If he wants to be there, I mean, if they like him, that makes a lot of sense to me. And then Winnipeg, kind of the same thing. There's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. Guys don't want to be there. Again, <clears throat> he's from Western Canada. I think he's from Manitoba. It's same thing. If they like him, if he likes that, there there could be something there. They don't have aside from Mackenzie Weger, who Cap Friendly says can play both sides, left and yeah. right. They don't have any lefties signed past this season. Uh, so I haven't been following Calgary as close. So Hannafin wants been, out. I was going to say Hannafin wants wants out. So I wonder if there's something there. He's got a modified no trade. I don't know. So the, the offseason's still young. I think is what we're trying to say. And a Sandheim trade is still possible. Well, yeah, I mean the teams are still signing, like players are still out there. Yeah. Once that settles, and you got to go, okay, we didn't get a defenseman, or we didn't get enough players here, then you look at the trade market. For sure, for sure, uh, totally agree. Oh, another comment here from David: If Calgary or Winnipeg did want to reside for resign, you guys make anything out of that? No, I'm not so? sure. Sorry. Oh, here we go. There you if go. Calgary or Winnipeg <laughs> did want him. What could the Flyers get in return? Yeah, I don't know. Great question. I don't know if you guys want to speculate. I have no idea. Because I, I don't think any of us thought he was worth the first round pick that the Blues were offering. Uh, I think a lot of people didn't think that. I mean, I guess that's the that's the going rate for Sanheim now. We'll just have to figure out yeah, what maybe. we actually get. Uh, <laughs> they, if they did get that, I would be blown away. I, I still would be blown away. Like if they um, offer a second, like is that his value? I I really don't know. At this point, is I'm looking at our future, and yeah, could he still develop into something? Sure, but I'd rather take our chances with the cap space, with the cap going up, with the players we have coming up. I would, I, I wouldn't be the end of the world if we couldn't move him, but I would probably still rather just take what I could get and move on. I think in all of us in Flyers land. I honestly think we don't value him as much as people across the league do just from hearing things in different podcasts and different articles, not flyers, not Philly related. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we undervalue him and don't realize what his actual trade value is. Yeah, I'm sure we do a little bit. We, we typically do that. I mean, he was untradeable for like, and not because of his no trade clause, but because we just thought nobody would want him. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, once he gets traded and one of the mites on ice knocks him over, they're going to hate him too. <laughs> when you're right, is that, that's so true on so many levels. Unless, unless we get like, uh, it's so funny, some of the Konechny deals uh, being rumored for Ottawa. It's like we come to his defense, like, are you kidding me? This is what we're getting. But it could be the other way with players we hate too. It's like, no, nah, just yeah. take them. But the, the a league, they see value in certain. Some guys do need to change the scenery, though. That's all it is. So, I mean, and he's got talent. It's there. It's just how much can you get out of him? Agreed. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I want to thank the guys who chimed in on that, David mm -hmm. and TF, uh, giving your opinions, Ted, as well. What else do we got, guys? Uh, there were some number changes. I uh, should have had them in front of me here. Um, York's going to eight. Katie's going to 27. Yep. And you like um, those picks? Why look I, for these? I be, 
That's all I saw. I talked to Frost a couple months ago. He said he wanted to stick with 48. Oh, really? Maybe so Briere keeps him on the team. I don't don't know. Did I miss anything? I thought it was just Cates and York. Uh, Didn't something happen? Somebody changed their number three times because of Uh, Tyson. Tyson went from 52 to 18 to 71. Yeah, because they signed Stahl, so we had to let go of 18. That's funny. I, I actually mean, like the 71. I'm not going to lie. Do, I like those high numbers, man. Uh, I do like – who would you say was eight now? York? Yeah. I like I like eight. That's Recky, so I'm a fan of that. Not like – I mean, if York can be anything. Got it. Uh-oh. You ready? Let's hear it. Never. All right. So you mentioned Noah Cates is 27 already. Sean Walker, new player, so obviously he's getting a new number. Sean Walker, 26. Beautiful so everybody number. Everybody can – you're free to go get your Sean Walker jerseys now. Uh, Cam York, number eight, you guys mentioned. Garnet Hathaway, the newcomer, number 19. I hate that. Why? That's Cutter's number. Oof. Well, he won't be here by the time he comes up. It, is that true? Hathaway, two-year deal. Fingers, fingers. Well, yeah, and Cutter, Cutter. We, we're all hoping he's here next well, year. Cutter didn't come to development camp. Maybe that's why. Yeah, they're going to give him a high number next year, like you know, 64 or something like that. And then when he, uh, you know, he'll be he'll ready probably, to go. Yeah, Nolan Patrick's yeah. preseason number. 64? Yep. Uh, I like that they do that, by the way. They give you know the young kid a high number. You got to earn your number. I like that. Yeah. Because in sports, do numbers do mean stuff to people, by the way. Because I know some people are like, ah, it's just a number. No. You, you know, you grow up your whole life playing with number eight. You want number eight when you play in the friggin' NHL. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Claude Giroux wore that number 56 with some swag. There you go. Uh, so here's a big change. Wade Allison, I didn't see this, is now number 17 for next season. Thoughts? How did I miss this? Pulling on our uh, Charlie O'Connor posted it. Uh, hmm, good yeah. for him. Uh, hopefully he wears 17 in, in Philly and not in uh, not with the Phantoms. <laughs> I mean, he actually, um, talking to him one time, he kind of compared his game to Jeff Carter. That's oh, actually kind of interesting. Really? Did miss the net a couple times. I, I forget what is exact what exactly he said, but it was I think it was high we, wheeling down the wing and firing quick snapshots. I forget what he said, but he compared it to Jeff Carter. That's the high praise. All right, hey, shoot for the stars, baby. Forty goal season, out of Wade coming up. Can you imagine we'd be like, Wade or- I'm not, I'm not giving up on that kid yet. I have, but you guys know, man. I'm not, I'm not giving up. I'm not going that far. I Jim's very emotional. He's Italian. I'm quick. Yeah. I'm, I'm out on York right now. So I mean, I was with TK like two years ago. <laughs> yeah, don't forget he, that. Remember his TK? I was. I was out on TK. The playoffs? Remember the night before the draft, he switched on us and went back to Leonard? Trade oh, Patrick yeah. for nothing. Just get rid of him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they basically did. <sighs> He's tough, Ryan, man. He put his Ryan whole knows. fantasy team on waivers to teach him a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> We're on uh, episode 38 of the season. Who Who's some good 38s for the Flyers? That's an interesting number. You know what? We can look that up, but I will not. I don't feel like it. Downtown Patty Brown? <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> Oliver Larson? Where is he this year? He's with Boston this year. Yeah. Oliver Larson, the Great Dane, 38. Yeah, I remember him. Big dude. Yep. Jeez. Really is that it? Uh, there's got to be more. Derek <laughs> Grant? <laughs> Power <laughs> okay. play specialist? Okay. I like them. I did in a short time. Yep. I, I met him his first day in Philly. I was like, how are you liking it so far? And he was like, 
it's cool, but I had to buy a jacket because <laughs> he came from Anaheim, <laughs> California. Um, all right, boys, what do you think? We're almost an hour and a half in. Pretty uh, strong show, I'd say. How many times is Jim going to ask that effing question? <laughs> I've enjoyed the show. Hope everyone else has. Did you miss that one, Trev? Uh, I guess I missed it. <laughs> Don't worry. You watch it on the repeat. Yeah, watch it on the repeat. All right, boys and girls, we're going to wrap this episode up. Thank you to everyone who hung out in the comments, all the viewers. We appreciate you guys, all the new subscribers watching this show. Thanks for subscribing. Tell your friends. Uh, watch the show together, but on separate laptops so we get the view. Uh, one last time, give us a subscribe and a follow. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Set alerts for weekly shows and favorite HOO.BE, HW Hockey, or head over to HWHockey.net for all of our latest episodes and articles. Mark Ramos just put out an article. Who's going to play on the Flyers' top line next year? Go read the article, check it out, see what Mark thinks. It's good stuff as always. Uh, we'll be hanging out next week, probably Monday or maybe Tuesday if something pops up. Uh, everybody have a fun, safe week. We'll talk to you next uh, next Monday. Ray Emery. Oh, that was a good one. Don't even try to keep that one. Let's go. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs>